The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big and win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And also make sure to download the SGPN app. It's your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Download the SGPN app wherever it is you download apps. Howdy ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to another brand new edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 140. Obviously, um, depending on when you listen to this, but if you listen to this when it's fresh off on the MMA Gambling Podcast feed, which you all should be subscribed to, it'll be still Mother's Day. So this one obviously goes out to all the mothers out there. I'm sure we have tons of mothers that aren't related to us that listen to this podcast, so... Uh, this goes out to all the mothers, and after the results of the UFC last night, if you followed my my co-host gambling advice, and you probably consider us a mother also. The starting of starting of a word that starts with mother. I won't say the rest of it, but yes. Hello. I didn't get a laugh for that, which is sad. I was hoping to get a chuckle out of my co-host, but nothing, nothing. My joke fell flat. Who would I be cracking the horrible jokes? I would be your host, the Jordanian lion, Jeff Fox. Thank you for coming to the show and listening to us. If it's your first time here, which it's a strange episode to jump in on, a recap episode, but hey, we're, we're happy you're here regardless. Um, if you're wondering what exactly the show is, we um, cover the wacky, wacky world of mixed martial arts. And it was very, very wacky this weekend. Um, plenty of chaos and wackiness, which we will dive into right away. Um, yeah, depending on the spin on of it, spin on it we either gave you really good picks or we gave you really bad picks so we did you we did you good and we also did you dirty so um but let's bring in the positive spin man the man who always has a positive spin on results whether they're good or bad the one and only daniel gumby vreeland hello so i i didn't laugh at your joke for two reasons number one uh all of our recommended plays were fire yet again uh <laughs> you know i was here we go i i was I, if i'm not mistaken two and two but just barely broke even uh, which breaking right. even that's, that's a good thing. Um, and I hit a massive underdog to make it break even, uh, which is even cooler. And yours three, three for four, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's true. Recommended plays are the way to go. Everyone. Absolutely. So yeah, it turns out you shouldn't just bet on every single fight. Uh, but also I will say the other reason I didn't laugh at your joke is you constantly tell me I'm not allowed to talk until you tell me to. <laughs> That's true. You are allowed to snicker. I, I thought because I was referring to a bad word and you don't like bad words, Dan. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm notorious, notoriously clean mouthed. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So um, wacky. I think I summed up the weekend. Yeah, right? I mean, fucking ridiculous is the right way. Yeah. There's the bad words. Um, and it, mostly UFC, but I, I, I heard there was some wackiness in uh, like Beltra. There was some horrible decision, and you know, um, Beltra's gonna Beltra, but yeah, there was wackiness all around, but mostly it was uh reserved to, to the big show of the UFC. Um, yeah, well, I was gonna say it didn't cost us any money, but yeah, it did. Actually, the uh, co-main event did cost us some money. So, anyhow, like Dan said, um, he spun it. Everything, uh, everything is positive. We ended up making you money. If if you, you have to decipher our picks and and uh, listen to the parts that 
you actually should gamble on and, and the ones where we're just, you know, throwing picks out there, obviously. So um, before we get into recap, any news that we should crack into other than uh, stuff related to last night, Daniel? Um, I, I don't know if there's any super big news. I mean, like the UFC just decided to drop an absolute bombshell of a UFC. Uh, I, I guess it's International Fight Week card. Uh, I'm guessing it's Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. Um, they just dropped an absolute bombshell. It's not the entire card, but like I honestly can't decipher where five main cards begin and end because like all of them could be fights that you would see on a pay-per-view main card. Like the worst fight I think of all of them is like either Jessica I and Macy Barber or Robbie Lawler and Brian Barberena. And like you'd you would never bat an eyelash if either of those were the fifth fight on a pay-per-view, right? So like the in in there's well, not one, Macy two, Barber, no. Yeah, of course you love Macy Barber. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There are nine fights that they announced and those are the worst two. So like I mean, like, I guess that's the the major news is like that July 2nd card is insane. Yeah, so it's July 2nd, T-Mobile Arena, Paradise, Nevada. Be there, be square. UFC 276. I'll give you a quick rundown of key fights. Main event will be middleweight championship, Israel Adesanya versus Jared Cannonier. And then uh, co-main event, UFC featherweight championship, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway. No real surprises with either of those announcements, that was pretty much where everyone expected um, the title, the title chase to go. Uh, the the challengers uh, being Cannonier and Holloway. Yeah, no, those those are exactly what I thought. When when Cannonier won against Brunson and in the way he won against Brunson, like you have to book that. And and Holloway was already booked for this fight, so yeah, they're, they're both fights I thought were going to happen, and I'm fine with them happening too. You know, I don't love the. 2-0 trilogy um you know i'd rather yeah. you know but like it's not like max holloway hasn't earned his way back up right he beat the shit out of calvin cater like yeah he, he's earned his chance so uh yeah like fights i expected to see and fights i'm probably gonna be excited to watch when they do come around too yeah as as we've said before holloway is pretty much clearly the second best guy in featherweight so hey if they want to roll that back by all means, I don't expect the outcome to be any different, but hey, um, he is the most deserving. So we got those. We got Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira, which we mentioned, uh, I think, last podcast. Sean O'Malley versus Pedro Munoz. So he, Sean O'Malley finally gets a bit of a step up there. Uriah Hall versus Andre Muniz. Brad Tavares versus Dreykus Duplessis. Jessica Rose Clark versus Julia Stoliarenko. A little bit of a step up for Stoliarenko, maybe, if Clark has anything left in the tank here. Lauren Murphy, Dan's one of Dan's favorites versus Misha Tate. So she gets a big name opponent there. Jessica Ivers and Macy Barber, uh, Dan's favorite. And then Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barbarana. So yeah, very, uh, very stacked fight card. And that's only what, nine fights of this. So we, we probably got another five or six more going to be added before all is said and done. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned 10 fights. The Stolia Renko okay. one, Jesse Rose Clark one was news to me because uh, the nine I was thinking of were all announced right. on the broadcast, and that one wasn't. So that one, ink just must not be dry yet on that one, or it wasn't uh, announcement worthy. But like, you know, that that's also a uh, banger. I mean, like a little bit less known in terms of um, Stolia Renko hasn't had the best run in the UFC, but she's a lot of fun to watch. Yep. So uh, on the flip side, this means we're gonna have a probably a lot of crappy cards leading up to this one in July and crappy ones right after this one in July because uh, pretty much uh, they're stacking everything on this pay-per-view, which is the way the UFC has been operating 
since they they got their guaranteed money deal with ESPN, um, load up the load up the uh, pay-per-views and then for the fight night cards, maybe have one uh, decent um, main event, maybe maybe a semi-decent co-main and then whatever else is whatever else is available. They just slot it in there. Don't really care. Well, I'm going to I hear what you're saying here, but also. Uh, you know, if you follow Marcel Dorf uh, on Twitter, who has like a nice spreadsheet where he lists every uh, fight that he's been able to ascertain is is solidified leading up to when they actually get announced. There is already a lot announced for June, which is, you know, obviously the, the weeks leading up to July 2nd. In, in June, we have Glover Teixeira, Yuri Prohashka, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, Talia Santos, Wei Zhang, Joanna Yan Jacek. Uh, that's on that pay-per-view that kicks off uh, actually the second week of June. The one right after that's Kelvin Cater, Josh Emmett. And we've also got Kevin Holland on that card, um, as well as like Jeremiah Wells and Gregory Rodriguez. Um, and then we got Shavkat Rachmanov versus Neil Magny, which I guess is like maybe the shittiest of those uh, like fight night cards that are going to be leading into July. Like that's probably the headliner. Uh, but it's also got like Chris Curtis versus Rodolfo Vieta and Tim Elliott's fighting on that card. Like it, that's probably the worst, but even that is not as bad as like some of the recent ones we've had. So yeah, they, they might be giving us a little bit lighter in terms of fights and, Oh, the, the, you know, one more thing. The week after that is Rafael Dos Anjos, Rafael Fiziev, uh, which is a, a hell of a fight too. Battle of the Rafael's whoever loses cannot use the name Rafael. Did you know and- that that's what's happening? I did know that. Also, that yep. one's co-main evented by Cody Garber and Rani Aya, which is, uh, I, I just I just have to say, Rani Aya co-main eventing a card in 2022 is everything my WEC-loving heart really always wanted. <laughs> but you're, you're telling me the cards aren't weak, so okay. No, they're <laughs> Make, good. That's good. He's on a hot streak. nerds like us, sure. He's hot. Hani is on a hot streak. Isn't he like, <laughs> hang on, I gotta I gotta put the, uh, the intern on this one. Isn't Hani on a win streak? Am I this wrong is about not this? Not Yaya podcast. It should be. It should be. <laughs> he's won. He, is, he has won. Get, get this. He's only lost once in his last seven fights. Fantastic! <laughs> and now he's going to knock out Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> he, he's he's <laughs> Wouldn't probably going to be amazing. He's, he's probably going to heel hook him, but sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah is Cody whatever. Garbrandt on your hate list? I don't. It's hard to say. I, I mean, yeah. like, I, I've never been a big alpha male guy. No, it seems like now haven't. he's. It seems like now he's not even alpha male. Uh, I like. I don't know. He looked really bad against T.J. Dillashaw both those times. You seeing he's a beta? Uh, yeah, An unarmed it, beta. That's is that what the reviewer called you? That yes. time? <laughs> we were unarmed betas, lefty unarmed betas, or something like that. Yeah, no. I I don't. Yep. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not a I'm not a big Cody Garbrandt guy, but I wouldn't yeah. say he's on my hate list. Okay, good. He, he was nice to that kid with cancer, so you can't totally. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. This isn't a Cody Garbrandt podcast either, and it shouldn't be. Um, just a honey yaya. Yeah, it's just a, it's a honey yaya podcast. Oh, imagine the listeners we get if we made this only. All we do is talk about honey yaya twice a week for yeah, at least an hour. And we go back. We go we go back to all his WEC fights and we talk about every fight. What the odds would have been when he fought. Did, did he fight Takeo Mizugaki? I feel like he probably fought Takeo wow, Mizugaki. Yes. <laughs> yep, we're going to review every fight. This is our spin-up off. We're going to review every fight of his. Uh, 
what we're going to go through is like, you know, blow by blow of every fight and, and what the live odds should be at the moment of, uh, he hit that takedown and whatnot. So yeah, get ready he, for it. People. He, I just looked it up. He did fight. Of course he did. Mizugaki's like total WEC. He fought him he right after Mr. he Mr. fought Benavidez and uh, right before he beat Matt, Mike Brown. <laughs> we're, we're losing our WEC guys. There's not too many left now. Just, just Hani waving the but flag for us. <laughs> they were talking about, oh, they were talking, uh, Carmi was talking about OSP being like one of the last of the strike force people. Yeah, it's the same as uh, WEC. So, hey, Misha Tate's right on the screen in front of me. So she is still strike force. Uh, she's still around. So, and Robbie Lawler. I, hey, there's a lot of strike force people on that card coming up. Clay, Clay Guida. Clay Guida's too. Maybe they'll stick him on UFC 276 too. Who knows? Guida's, Guida's WEC and Strike yes. Force, uh, which is a special blend right there. It is. He is a special blend of herbs and spices. All right. Let's uh let's get down to uh brass tax here. First, of course, win bet. We can't get started without telling you about win bet. Make sure to get down on the wins bet. $50 win, $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, the win bet casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to a thousand bucks. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the wins own build your own bet feature. All users can receive a $20 free bet when they win, lose, or push a three plus leg build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. No spoilers. I have not watched the Suns game today. So uh, any callers that call into our podcast, don't spoil me on the game. There's so much good thing you, it's good that you mentioned that. I was about to spoil it. Oh, there you see. I, I, I was joking. We don't have callers, people. Don't try to call in. Uh, but yes, uh, I had a feeling that Dan would want to jump in and say, hey, did you? There's so much to choose from, everybody. And all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit winnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where a play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. No, the in-laws had on the Blue Jay game and then they had on hockey. Oh, hockey. Imagine that in Canada. Was it the Bruins well, game? No, it wasn't. No one watched uh, Bruins. Actually, the Bruins. The Bruins look good. <laughs> uh, Bru- ugh, Bruins. Do you want to look good too, Dan? Like the Bruins? Then listen to this ad for Manscaped. Fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning. The drapes need dusting. Your lawn needs mowing. Spring is sprung and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Did you know you had aisles in your pants, Dan? I, I did not. You have at least five, apparently, unless it starts at five, because they say all five. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The performance package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. Start off your spring cleaning and use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shape on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. Equipped with an LED light so you know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the weed whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After cleaning your nose, make sure to get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. I really hope my mom's listening this week. Dan, for Mother's Day episode, (laughs) I hope she's listening to the ad read. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver spray on toner for your balls. Keep your boys from sticking to your legs and leave them smelling fresh like... No, smelling like fresh flowers. Yeah. 
I don't think I've ever smelled like fresh flowers. Have you ever smelled like fresh flowers, Dan? Uh, you know, I'm I'm really flexible, but I'm not positive that I've ever been able to smell them. We better so. get <laughs> better get going on, on onto the uh, manscape then. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. I do need that. Because if you're using your lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. Start of spring also marks the start of testicular, what a tough word, cancer awareness month in April. April, this is, what month is this, Dan? May. But you you should still check yourself anyhow. Manscaped is partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to, why can't I say testicular cancer? I guess because it's a funny word, Dan. Men's health and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men age 15 and 35 and giving support to fight for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular. There we go. Cancer is part of our We Save Balls initiative. So, oh, smell oh so fresh and oh so clean this spring. Here's your call to action, ladies and gentlemen. Get 20%. Hmm, I guess it's just to gentlemen. But ladies, you're going to want your gentlemen to get it. Get 20%, 20%, 20%, 20% sign off, plus free shipping with the code SGP, of course, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Whew. I need a drink. <laughs> All right. That's, um, should we get right to the main course or should we start with PFL first, Dan? What do you say? Uh, let's throw PFL at the end. Uh, the, the people want let's to hear more it. about PFL, your second rate. Although, although before we get to PFL being All second right. rate and, and throwing it at the end, my picks did win, so just okay. we'll have that. We'll, we we don't want to we don't want to bury that. My picks won on on PFL. Hope you tagged along. Um, and now let's talk yep. about UFC. <laughs> he is positive. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to PFL, but Dan is up a huge amount of money in uh, a couple weeks of PFL. All right, um, UFC. Where to start? What a what a strange strange event for numerous reasons. First of all, we lost Cowboy Cerrone, Joe Lozon, last minute. Cerrone got food poisoning um is what the story is so that saved dan and al and uh it stole a w for me which would have probably would have put me ahead of dan this week so um hopefully it'll happen again soon and then i can beat dan there um oh and then did you hear uh, some people miss weight also um norma dumont she missed weight even though she was saying she doesn't know why the ufc is keeping the women's featherweight division around and then she went and came Miss in at 146 and a half pounds. <laughs> yeah, and then she missed it. She, I guess she wants them to move it to lightweight, maybe. Um, anyhow, she missed weight. Um, and then, oh, the champion guy, Charles Oliveira, missed weight as well uh, by half a pound. Lost his title on the scale, which is the first time that's happened in the UFC. We've seen it happen in other second-rate promotions, but it happened in the UFC. Um, there's a whole scale gate, like there always is. He's blaming the scale in the back being different than the scale, the official scale. But basically, I think you can boil it right down to it. It's his job. He's paid to weigh 155 pounds on the official scale. At um, weigh-ins, not whatever other scale they're using. So, um, and everybody else made weight for the event except one other person. So we're talking 30 fighters or 29 other, 28 other fighters, excuse me, made weight, and all three other fighters in the title fights where you have to be right on weight, they all made weight as well. So you can complain all he wants about scale being screwy in the back, but um, that's my take on it. At least you have a different take, Dan. I mean, I, I don't like, I, I think, so I'll say a couple of things about all of this is like, 
first of all, you know, you're right. He, he needs to make weight regardless. And, you know, he, he came in, what was it, half a pound or a full pound over for his first weigh in. Then he yeah. went back and took another hour and nothing came off. So yeah. I, I think while we can blame, you know, like if you want to blame the scale being in a different weight than the one out front, he still has an hour to drop that weight and nothing came off in an hour. So the fact that nothing came off in an hour tells me he was at the peak of what he was going to be able to do with his current body composition, right? Like he, 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 there was nothing left for him to sweat out. So whether or not that scale in the back was wrong or not and who it belonged to and all the stuff that people want to talk conspiracy theory about right now, it doesn't fucking really matter because like given an extra hour, he could not shed half a pound. So like that scale could have been 20 pounds off and it really wouldn't have mattered. Right. So that's my first take on it. My second take on it is like, I I think we're making this a huge deal when it doesn't necessarily have to be, Um, you know, like I I think this would have wound up being a much bigger deal if he came in as the challenger, Um, you know, like Travis Luter style where, uh, you know, like he, he came in, didn't make weight, couldn't fight for the championship. The fight winds up being a non-title fight. Um, because in that case, you could have like a dominant win and you still wouldn't be the champion and the other guy still would be, uh, which is real weird. Whereas in this case, uh, like he's the champ. Like I know he doesn't have the belt, but he's the champ. He's fighting. We know because of the way he won and how he won, he's the best lightweight in the world. We know he's going to be fighting for the title next. We're booking him as if he's the champion. Dana said he still got his pay-per-view points. So, like, the title's not around his waist. But apart from that, like, fucking nothing changed. So, like, I almost think we're making too big of a deal out of it. Yeah, it's the only person who should really care is Charles Oliveira because it's, you know, he's technically not the champion. He he lost a buttload of money. Uh, I'm assuming he was fine the 30% that um, Norma Dumont was fined. Um, you get all the money stuff on my MMA site, moneymma.substat.com, but it probably cost him about 150 grand in fines, 120 grand in fines. Um, plus he may not have got his championship pay for the sponsorship money. He, instead of like 42 grand, he may have only gotten 21 grand. I'm not positive on that. And then next fight, who knows if he's going to get pay-per-view points because he's not the champ and he's not going to get the championship, uh, sponsorship money. And you know, it, it's going to cost him a lot of money. Um, yeah, basically the title is just basically a prop to signify this person's the best fighter in this here weight class. And he's obviously, um, after his performance last night, he showed that he is uh, easily the, the best fighter at lightweight, or uh, at least um, he, he's uh, found no equal in the cage as of late. Um, maybe uh, someone out there who could beat him, but at this point he is uh, head and shoulders above anyone who he has fought. So like I said, who cares if the belts are on his waist or not? Yeah, and and let let's get to talking about the actual performance because that's really yes. the most interesting. It was thing. a surprise. I was pick. I was I was saying. I bet he's going to get knocked out now. Because plus, going back to the weigh-in quickly, he was like, he waited to the very last second to weigh in too. So obviously, he, he can claim all he wants that he he was already on weight, but um, he uh, he was worried. Think, uh, it wasn't yeah, coming he, off. He was worried because he was he took as much time as possible. He was well behind everyone else before. Uh, he actually stepped in the scale. So anyhow, um, I expected him to be depleted and uh, Gaethje to take advantage of that and knock him out. Looked like it may have, may was, uh, maybe was going to come true, but um, that's basically how Oliveira fights go now. He's turning into a Fedor guy where he gets himself in trouble and then um, 
grabs victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah, and I'll say this: this is there, there's so many interesting facets about this fight. The the one that is the most interesting to me, perhaps, is like he outstruck Justin Gaethje, right? Like it's it goes down as a submission. He knocked him down. Did but he, he, not? he yeah he he it's wild. It, if he went in and tried to finish with strikes there, I think he would have. Yeah. Like I I think he would have finished notoriously durable Justin Gaethje with strikes. And and granted, he took the much smarter, easier route, which was jumping on the back and looking for the sub, um, transitioning, d- doing all the things he's supposed to, and he, he got the sub. He did the smart thing there. But if he wanted to, I think he could have TKO'd him, which is crazy to say. I'll also say this. I can't remember where I saw it, but somebody pointed out that Charles Oliveira is – He's got a really distinct advantage in the the MMA world right now, especially when he's fighting high caliber strikers like Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje in that if they tag him, he effectively has like the boxing standing 10 count to come back because they don't want to engage with him on the mat. Like if he has his wits about him enough to like stick his legs up and play like fun butterfly guards, they just get the fuck out of Dodge. He gets 10 seconds to get his heads about him. And then he comes back and hits you. It's like a very, very interesting, like, advantage he has naturally built in. And and granted, I don't think he'd have that against Benil Daryush or Islam Makashev, who I think both would be more willing to engage with him in a grappling match. But I also think those guys wouldn't tag him in the first place. So, like, it's a it's an interesting advantage he has over, like, very talented strikers. Yep. Very, very good point. Um, so, anyhow, he... Uh, while I was watching the fight, I was thinking Gaethje was going to win. I'm thinking, well, Gaethje's so one-dimensional. This is, uh, it's wild that he, he's going to end up being the champion, but uh, it was all for naught. And he, once again, fish out of water. All, all this, all, all this, all these years we heard about how he was this amazing collegiate wrestler. And, you know, he, if it ever got to the grappling, he, he can handle himself. And uh, it does not um, come true in, in the least because he's looked at, past the two fights, albeit uh, it was against Charles Oliveira and Habib. Um, anyhow, he, he did not look good in the lease. He looks like an amateur basically down there. Yeah. Well, in, in it's, it's worth mentioning. And I, I feel like more people have to say this is like, he was a D one all American college wrestler. Those yeah. are, that's like a sentence we have to say, but I'll also say this is that when you don't actively work on applying those skills to MMA, which is right. not it's not as simple as just saying, turn the wrestling on. Uh, it's, you know, actively integrating a strike turned into grappling or or a defensive takedown. Like, th- there's so many different ways to use takedowns. And it doesn't work the same as wrestling, where both people know the takedown is attempting or attempt is coming. Or, you know, like, both people have the same goal in mind. There's lots of different goals in MMA. I think the fact that he's just never used it, we we write D1 wrestler in his little column when we break him down. But at the same time, like, I don't know that any of the stuff that goes along with that is there with him anymore. And uh, maybe that's just us hyping up past credentials more than they're worth. Uh, but man, dude, he he does look and, and this time, I guess he was hit at least. Uh, but he does look like a fish out of water against high level grapplers. And it's the speed that these people uh, get him into a bad position is, is the thing that's so shocking. Like even like basically even the uh, MMA fighter with the most rudimentary uh, wrestling and grappling seem to, you know, seem to be able to 
defend themselves on the ground, and he doesn't seem to have any of that in him. Yeah, and in, 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 in the Habib one, you know, I pointed out that, like, Habib shot a takedown, would have wound up in guard, but then he, like, just sliced through Gaethje's guard kind of pathetically, and yeah. I, I wrote Gaethje off of that. I'm more willing to give Gaethje a little leeway in this because I think he was really effed up from the striking. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I, I just said I thought Charles Oliveira, if he decided to pour on strikes, would have gotten a TKO. So like, it's hard for me to then be like, oh, his grappling looked so bad. It did look so bad, but I think in this case, I'm willing to give him a little bit more leeway than in the Habib fight. Yeah, I don't know why, why I'm banging on about Gaethje because it's basically it was more of a uh, the story is Charles Oliveira, not not Gaethje, and and whether he can grapple or not. It's it's how good Oliveira is looking. Yeah, and I'll say this too, you know, from uh, you know, somebody who has a vote in such things, uh, from a pound for pound perspective, which first of all is kind of a dumb argument anyway. How many people would you put ahead of him right now in the pound per, for pound rankings? I would put out. Uh, I would put Volkanovski probably and Usman. That might maybe it just off the top of my head. Yeah, I I think Volkanovski Usman. Depending on your feelings about John Jones and where he is and stuff like it's that. It's hard like to I, see. Yeah, he hasn't it, fought in so long. It's hard yeah, to say. Yeah. Have you seen pictures of him, though? He's jacked. Yeah, he, he looks, looks like me. He looks fucking huge. <laughs> he, he is uh, not coming back to 205, guys. No, 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 no. That's definitely not happening. But, um, yeah, like, you, you pretty much hit it spot on. It's like Volkanovski and Usman at, like, 1A and 1B. And, like, maybe Oliveira has, like, inserted himself, like, even just like ahead of Israel Adesanya and like those type of guys, like, man, he just, he's looking like a different animal in there. So obviously we like to move on to what's next. We're always looking down the road. What's next? Um, Sean Sheehan, Sphere MMA says he hopes everyone is looking forward to Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler for the lightweight title in the fall. Conor McGregor versus Michael Chandler. <laughs> it's a joke. It's sarcasm, but uh, obviously uh, you can see that happen though. <laughs> With if Conor McGregor is, decides he wants to fight for the title, and he will fight for the title. Speaking of uh, Jack Guidesaw, I don't know if he's going to make lightweight anymore. So, reason to bring him up is we have to decide what's next for Oliveira. Seems like he sounds like he is going to be given a chance to get back his his uh, title. Who do you want to see him fight? Um, I want to see him. I I think the, the smart fight for him is to fight Islam Makashev. Like I I think as far as most deserving right now, if you look at the rankings, like I I think Islam Makashev is probably it, but Dana, I think it's going to happen though. Dana really, yeah. Dana really hated his last performance. Was it the Bobby Green fight? I think. Yeah. Yeah. The Bobby Green fight. So, uh, well, we could say this, like Darius and Makashev could fight you know, in, in June or July or August, even turn around and fight Oliveira in September, October. If Oliveira wants to come back quicker than that, I mean, like, man, what, what is even left in, in the UFC's lightweight division? Cause like, I'm not going to say he's cleaned it out, but like, man, you, he beat some of the dudes at the top of this division that make it like really hard to say anybody, you know, he beat Gaethje, who's number one, he beat Poyu, who's number two, we're saying three should fight four, he beat number five, Michael Chandler, I mean, the winner of Rafael Dos Anjos in, in Rafael Fiziev, if it's impressive, but, but I'll say this, like, you know, not for anything, like, if Connor were to come back, 
that's the perfect fight for him to like just make a huge ass payday and set up the Makashev fight. Uh, he would destroy him so bad. I, I think he'd kill him. No, I, yeah. I think he would embarrass him in a, a very bad way. But if you're Dana White at this point, uh, like, and you're thinking to yourself, like, okay, Charles Oliveira seems to be pretty marketable. He also seems to be pretty fucking good. And he seems to be a company man for the most part. He's never talking bad about the, the UFC. He fought through probably some of the most god-awful contracts you've ever seen, being that he was, what was he, like, 10 and 7 at a point in the UFC? Like, yeah, he, he probably has just been a company man and, and happy to do what the company needs him to all this time. I mean, fuck, he had, like, a nine-fight winning streak before he got a title shot, and he never once complained about it. So... Uh, if if Dana wants to turn him into a superstar, roll Connor into town and let freaking Charles Oliveira beat the living piss out of him. And then maybe people will be talking about Charles Oliveira, Islam Makhachev as being like a big deal. And a good way to uh, get Connor McGregor under control, too, for the company, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, here's the thing. <sighs> Connor McGregor is never going to be what we want him to be, which is like an active fighter who fights where he like right now he's ranked number nine in the UFC. Shouldn't even be ranked anymore. It's crazy. I, I mean, yeah, I guess it depends on how you feel about inactivity, but let's say he's number nine. Like he should be fighting somebody like Gregor Gillespie or Matt Cruz Gamro right now, who I'll also say I'd pick either of those guys to beat freaking Conor McGregor at this point, right? Like both of those guys are just out wrestling. So like those are the types of guys he should fight. At the same time, like, we know he's never going to be what we want. So, like, we also have to just be like, what can we get out of Conor McGregor that could make us happy at this point? And, like, a fight with, with Charles Oliveira to, like, give us more time to find a real contender is maybe something he could do for us. It's true. It's true. And always, everything always comes back to Conor, doesn't it? All right. Uh, have we said enough about? The main event. You want to move on to the um, to the gripping co-main event. The I, title fight, Dan. I, I will tell you very emphatically. I never want to go on to the co-main event. Well, we have a new champ, Dan. Oh, well, we got Oliveira minus one seventy. So uh, happy times there. Um, the next fight I whiffed on. It was the only one I got wrong on the main card. Um, I had Rose Nama Yunus uh, beating Carla Esparza. It didn't happen. Esparza got split decision, 47-48, 49-46, 48-47. Is there anything... What can we say about this, Dan? I mean, there's so much we actually Whose could fault say is about it? this. Is it Rose's so, fault? I, I will say this. So, uh, you know, Rose got shit on a lot, in, in rightfully so, uh, both for the way she fought and the way she handled herself afterwards where she was like indignant in backstage. She was like, I won that fucking fight. Uh, I don't know if you caught her Instagram this morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah there, there was basically a post. Like, I, I think she went and watched the fight and she was like, what the fuck is that? Um, because like, like, like we all did when we watched it, there was hey, her corner, no... her corner liked it. She was doing exactly what they wanted her to do. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say about that either. I will just say this. There were six punches landed in the first round, three by each. Um, I'll also say this. Like, if if those scar cards came out for Rose Nama Yunus, like, we, we wouldn't have batted an eyelash, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'd have just been like, sure. Because in my book, Rose won three. 
It's one of the only rounds I could say, like, somebody definitely won. Rose won three. Carla won four. Rose won five. I know those things are true. Um, those those are correct scores. Those are rounds that were easy to score. Um, you know, Rose jacked her up a little bit in the third round. Carla wrestled her up a little bit in the fourth. Rose definitely got the better of her in the fifth. I had those scores across the board. I think those were easy to score. One and two were anybody's guess. Like you, you can, you can. Yeah, nothing happens. Anyway. Like in in one, I actually thought like we might just say striking and grappling's even. So then we go to the next criteria, which is aggression and octagon control. Give it to Carla. Um, and, and I think that might be how they scored the first two rounds. Most of the yeah. judges gave one and two to Carla. If that's the case, it's due to the fact that she may be striking and grappling. There's no discernible difference about what they did. Give it to her based on aggression and octagon control. So, uh, yeah, like, I, I know Rose will probably won two rounds. But apart from that, everything else was a coin flip. So, I not important to like really break down this fucking fight because it was just Rose Nama Yunus doing just fighting a fucking stupid fight. All right, last word on like, this. Okay, okay. I, I, I don't even know how to wrap my head around this. But give, well, let me why did it happen? That, that, that's the question I want to know. I don't know if you're headed that way or not, but why that's, why did that happen? That's exactly where I was going. It's oh, perfect. good. Yeah, yeah. So here's why I think it happened. Let's think about every single rematch Rose Nama Yunus has ever had in her entire life. So she loses to Jessica Andrade. Yeah. She fights her again. In the rematch, she doesn't rush in, grab a weird, you know, some weird grips in the clinch and get dropped on her head. Instead, she's very safe from the outside. She picks her apart. She wins a very narrow decision. She beat Ioana Jan Jacek by brutal knockout. What does she do in the next fight? She barely, barely mixes it up with her in close range. She tries to stay further away. She understands how tough the first finish was. She wins a close decision. What does she do against Wei Li Zhang after kicking her head off? She pokes and prods her from further away. So in all three of those rematches, her response to having a dominant victory, or in one case, a dominant defeat, was to fight smarter. I now know what this person's strikes look like. I move further away. I play safer. I win the decision. I think she thought she was doing that here. It just went to an extreme level to the point where it cost her a fight. Yeah, it's it's she's she's a hard one. I, I know she has um has um struggles outside of the cage, but inside the cage she's this is not a this is not um demeaning any of her outside the cage struggles, but inside the cage, she, she fights like a head case a lot of times. Yeah, it, it's just, and I get why you would be safer the second time, right? Like, cause you know so much more, but this is, this is one of those rematches that wasn't a fucking rematch. You know what I mean by that? Like Rose Nama Yunus, Carla Esparza two was yeah. not really a rematch. This is a different Rose Nama Yunus. This is a different Carla Esparza. They're not the same fighter. It's not like fighting. You want to Jacek in back-to-back fights or Weili Zhang in back-to-back fights. It's different. They're, they're, what was it, eight years removed or whatever. And in addition to that, like, Rose doesn't look anything like that Rose anymore. So to to fight a smarter and safer and, and think you know something about your opponent fight just doesn't make any sense. And it sucks that she had enablers in her corner also, which usually uh, Trevor Whitman, you do not hear any negative comments about him. And he was he was part of that. 
Yeah. In man, I'm having trouble even trying to figure out where that comes into because also like he's so often he's like the loud dominant voice in people's corner. Yeah. He was not that. Like Pat Barry's voice came through first. Oh, okay. Um, and, so you and think he wasn't really on board. I I don't know if he was or he wasn't. It's so hard to tell. But like, I'm also not ready to just lay blame on him. Yeah. You know, I I I feel like the I feel like the post fight or the the post fight speech sounded like it was influenced by Pat Barry, especially because I know based with on uh, people who I've. I've worked on websites with who happened to be in press row and backstage for that one said Pat Barry was like grilling media members about uh, what they had for scorecards in that fight and what rounds they thought Carla Esparza won, um, which, you know, like leads to Rose's indignance. And then like the, the post in the morning sounds like it was Trevor Whitman inspired. You know what I mean? Like he, he has that like thoughtful look back and like, Oh shit, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. And that's what the morning post sounded like. So it's hard for me to just blame Trevor Whitman. But man, what whatever that was, that 25 minutes of my life, it was not fun. That's yeah, the only not, time that's yeah. the only time I've been with a live live crowd who is booing. I like wanted yeah. to fucking boo from my couch. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Um are we gonna ever bet on Rose and Amon Yunus again? It's gonna be hard, right? <laughs> I don't that. think so. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If it's a close fight, like if you put her in there with Indraj for a third fight, I'm gonna pause before I pick her, and then yeah. I'll probably pick her. You know, I'll be honest. I'll probably pick her. I think she's the most talented strawweight on the planet. I I do. Even after all this, I think she's the most talented strawweight on the planet. But like, it's just so hard to understand what happens yep and you don't know what you're gonna get with her unfortunately um so anyhow kudos to carlos esparza she got she got the belt back that no this is the thing that doesn't happen very often especially the amount of time she has been um not not been champ this is a very rare feat and um she'll still look good for a wedding because she didn't get hit ever right that's that she definitely did not <laughs> now i'm gonna t- i'm gonna turn this on you okay is give a give me a percent chance that they make Carla Esparza Rose Namajunas three? <laughs> oh God, yeah, zero point zero perhaps. <laughs> Steal a line from um, Animal House, yeah. Um, but one the one good thing is um, with the fight that was going to be hard uh, hard to score and controversial, we had two of the best voices um, to help us understand that on the telecast and Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier. They they always know scoring um all, all the judging um judging qualifications and rules and and they're always um they would never say something like well you have to beat the champion uh to to get the belt they would never say something like that so that's good yeah but i think even i'll even say they they were on board with like not <laughs> having to beat the champion in this one and i'll also yeah. say this <laughs> i very rarely say this i very rarely give kudos to joe rogan Joe Rogan shitting on Carla Esparza in the cage for the fight <laughs> after the fight was so funny. He was like, I don't, I don't know if you caught it. Cause I know sometimes you fast forward through that. No, shit. I didn't bother, but oh I heard my about God. it. Yeah. Dude, it's, it's so good. Go back and listen to it. I think his first question is like, so how did you feel when it went to the scorecards? Because neither of you did anything in this fight at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, Dana White. I, I guess Dana White's more mellow than he was back in the day, like when he stormed out of uh, 
the Damian Maya Anderson Silva fight, but uh, old Dana would have had a fit over this. He seemed to be kind of more chilled about it. Damian Maya versus Anderson Silva in Abu Dhabi, UFC yes. 112. For those of you who yes. are going back to it, infinitely Don't better. Go back this. to it, please. In infinitely better than this fight. <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah, there was a fight at the starting. It wasn't five rounds of that. So yes, obviously. Um, and yeah, well, we probably wasted too much time talking about it. So. Um, so that was a crap fight. Main event, good. Co-main event, crappy. Oh, main event, Charles Oliveira won via submission where naked choke. 322 in the first <laughs> round. We, we didn't really say that. We just talked about how good you looked. Next fight, uh, we pretty much hit it right on, other than the front kick. We had a feeling it was going to be a knockout. Michael Chandler, knockout. A, an all-time classic front kick to Tony Ferguson. 17 seconds into the second round. Uh, we had that minus 400 for Chandler. Um, we're going to hear how Ferguson looked so great in the first round and he looked better than he has in a long time, but then, then this happened. So I don't need to see Tony Ferguson anymore. It's four straight losses for him. Two of them via knockout. Uh, that's an, enough's enough. So I'll say this. I, I, first of all, I said before this fight started, I thought we were writing Tony Ferguson off prematurely, like, like losses to Michael Chandler Losses to, I mean, hang on, let me get the, the list in order. Michael Chandler, Benil Dariush, Charles Oliveira, and Justin Gaethje, two of which were by decision where he didn't take much damage, right? The Dariush okay. and, and Charles Oliveira. I mean, I guess he took damage to his arm in the Oliveira one, but like not punches to the head with Dariush and Oliveira. Like I, I, those are, those four guys are probably four of the top five fighters in the lightweight division, just minus Dustin Poirier, right? So like, is he spent? No, but just for fuck's sake, stop giving him top five opponents at this point. He's 38. Let him fight, you know, Drew Dober, right? Like, let him fight Drew Dober. And, like, I don't want to fire him, and I don't want to say he's done. Because, like you said, he, he's lost two of those by knockout, but two of them he didn't take much damage. Let's fight, let him fight somebody like Drew Dober or Terrence McKinney or fucking somebody like that. And then we'll talk about whether or not he's spent. If he goes and gets beat by Drew Dober then yes, I agree. Let him go to PFL or Bellator or wherever he's going to go or let him retire and kick steel poles in his free time. But like at this point in time, like it, it's so hard to like, I mean, like look at the UFC's rankings in any division and just be like, okay, well, what would happen if somebody lost to Aljamain Sterling, Piotr Jan, TJ Dillashaw, and Corey Sandhagen? Would you then say that they're like pathetic and don't belong in the UFC? No, you wouldn't say that. And no. like Rob, Rob Fonts lost to most of those guys, right? Like fire him. And, and we're still not. You love firing people, though. Um, uh, I'll say this, though. Uh, while I'm still going to bat for Tony Ferguson and saying, like, by the way, he won round one on every single judge's scorecards. He dropped yeah. Michael Chandler. Um, well, I'm, I'm not saying he's done yet. He's clearly depleted. And also, he's clearly pissing off the UFC with what he's saying. It wouldn't surprise me if this is the last time we saw him in the UFC. I think Dan's just saying all this so he we can continue to fade him and make money on Tony Ferguson going forward. So, um, so I thought about exciting. betting him in this one. Hmm. I'm not gonna lie, I thought about betting him in this one. All right, but you didn't. Um, didn't. <laughs> luckily, so that was a good fight. Then we had another dud. Um, Ovi and Saint Prue beat Shogun Hua, split decision, 28-29, 29-28, 30 27. Ugh. He won with. Front kicks, basically, is that's the story of the whole fight. Shogun didn't do much. Yeah, teeps to the body um, yep. were enough to win this fight. Um, it, and I, I think they were the most impactful strikes too. 
Yeah. Um, you, you know, I got, I think the, the judges scorecards on the 29, 28 made sense. Um, it's really weird to me to see that, uh, one judge didn't give Shogun the second. Um, cause to me, he like undoubtedly won the second round. Um, so the 30, 27 is weird. And also the 29, 28 for Shogun is weird. Uh, so like there's, there's multiple bad scorecards in there. Um, we, but we had some wacky cards last night and one judge was in, he was on the wrong side of three split split decisions, which is, should be a red flag to his boss. Is it, is it Camillo? It is. Yes. Yeah. And I think he's had some shitty ones in the past too. Did he score the fight for Norma Dumont last night? Uh, yes. yes. Oh, yes, that's really, I, I, know. I thank him for that, but yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really bad one. Um, but yeah, no, I think old Vince St. Pru won. The teeps seem to be the most, you know, important strike. Felt bad for Shogun at the end of it. Hopefully he gets that one last retirement fight he wants. Well, if if that judge does end up out of work, he can always go work at Sherdog, right, Dan? Yeah, he's he's no Sherdog guys had this fight right, by the way. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. See? All right. Wasn't well, not much to talk about last fight. Next one, I got right. Ha ha. Dan got wrong. I got plus money too. Plus 100 on Randy Brown. Split decision over Chaos Williams. 29, 28, 28, 29, 29, 28. Um, used what all MMA, MMA fighters should should use. Only a few of them have clued in that a jab can win you a fight. And that definitely, especially when you have a, a reach advantage. And that's what Randy Brown rode to a uh, victory over the very dangerous Chaos Williams. Yeah, it, it's interesting to me. Uh, this fight, when it went to decision, I actually wasn't sure who was going to take it because it was clear in my mind, chaos won round one, clear in my mind that Randy Brown won round two. In round three, chaos Williams knocked him down with that that right hand. And it was yep. mean. It was like a big, hard right hand. He got on top. He landed a little ground and pound. After that, Randy Brown definitely landed more and more consistent strikes whether or not they all built up and were more impactful than chaos Williams. I, I don't know ultimately whether or not I judged one more than the other. Uh, but like really, I, I think this is one of those instances where regardless of who you had, you wouldn't have been able to complain at the end of it. I, I would have complained, but I won. So I will not, complain. you wouldn't come, you wouldn't complain if that <laughs> no, big right hand was more no, worthy was than the, yeah, I, uh, I think it, round three was razor close and yeah. the other two were split. I, I thought Randy Brown won, but um, I wouldn't complain. Well, I would complain because I'd be mad that I lost. But yes, um, either guy could have won that fight. So I went four and one main card. Dan went three and two. But um, dark skies are ahead for me. Before we get into that, Athletic Greens, let's get into that. We're brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's zip through the rest here. Uh, um, Francisco Trinaldo is not dead yet, Dan. Uh, he's so man, fast. He's, How is he yeah, so wow. fast? <laughs> he looked very good against Daniel Roberts, who we had picked. 
despite his Danny Roberts' fancy blonde hair. Unanimous decision, 29, 28, 30, 27, 30, 26. The old man still has a lot of, uh, a lot of bark left and a lot of bite and bark in the old dog, we'll say. Nothing more to say for me other than <laughs> all of what I thought was true about this fight was true. Roberts had the reach advantage. He would smart fight smarter on the outside. What I did not take into account is that somehow 43-year-old Francisco Ronaldo is fast enough to leap in to the inside, land his punches, and get out of dodge. Yep. You Did you hear on the broadcast he's the second oldest guy in the UFC, only behind Alexi Olenek, and he fucking moves like that. It's infuriating. Yep. <laughs> and he's Yeah, he's a welterweight. He really should be a, a lightweight. So, yeah, pretty wild. Those guys usually age out much quicker, much earlier than this. So we whiffed on that. That was a pick em fight. Uh, next one I whiffed on, unfortunately, Norma Dumont, minus 225, lost to Macy Chasson, plus 185. Um, that's, that's a big underdog Dan hit there. Um, if I'd known Dumont would come in overweight, I probably would have changed my pick just because the stats are so skewed uh, against people that come in uh, that miss weight. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I have to stick by my pick. I lost. Um, biggest win of Chasson's career, perhaps, just because it's it shows that she's still legit man I, i've kind of always thought she's legit like the, the couple losses she's had are not terrible losses right like she she's eight and two in her career she only has losses to lena landsberg and raquel pennington the landsberg fight was definitely like uh oh i gotta be careful and realize that i'm not particularly good at wrestling and then she fixed that for a couple of subsequent fights and had a little bit of trouble with raquel pennington who's still like a top five to seven bantamweight but like man she she took it to dumont here uh the split decision is is insane dude like it's i don't know how in the world uh Camillo had two of those rounds for norma dumont um literally every single media guy scored it exactly the same which is also funny because like 30 27 was also not the right scorecard no nope. like I, I, like norma dumont won the third round pretty handedly in my opinion it was chase on one one and two and dumont won three uh and so like in literally every media member agreed with that and none of the judges got that so uh weird scorecards yet again uh but i'd say macy chase looks like somebody who i mean still only 10 pro fights under her belt and you know not terribly old i mean i, I guess we don't know what the aging curve for a bantamweight looks like but she's only 30 so like who, who fucking knows what she could progress to? Yep, it's true. If it's like uh, the men's heaviest weight classes, then she's got a whole decade left at least. So um, so kudos to Dan. He hit a big underdog there, which which uh, helped save your night a little bit. Um, flyweight's Brandon Royval. He saved us. Looked like he was going to lose this fight against Matt Schnell. Then out of nowhere, he snatches a guillotine choke, 214 into the first round in a fight that he was clearly losing. Did you ever think you would see a fight that lasted less than half a round and would win fight of the night? Yeah, wild, right? That I mean, like, and it was. It, it, like, it easily was fight of the night. Uh, this is Royval doing Royval stuff, though, right? Like, he's so game uh, when he's on his back. Um, yeah. All the time he's game when he's on his back. It's a shame he doesn't like to grapple more. Like, he keeps winning by submission, but, like, he hates grappling. He, like, only cares about striking, and then he gets a submission when he tags somebody or they panic grapple. Um, and in this case, they weren't even panic grappling. They were just trying to scramble to their feet. 
and he snatched yeah. that neck. Uh, actually, if you listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast, he said he was going to scramble with him and snatch a neck, um, and he did exactly that. <laughs> oh, spoiler alert on Top Turtle. And then I whiffed in the next one. Dan got this one right. Uh, Ivanov, uh, unanimous decision, 29-28, over Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Yeah, I saw a lot of hate on this, but I, I think that people were maybe overrating how hard DeLima was hitting in the late rounds because I think he was spent. I didn't like I, oh, it yeah, didn't look like he had it didn't look like he had anything on his punches from the beginning of the second round on. So, yeah, I I, I scored it for Ivanov in uh, again, not to toot my own horn. Go back and listen to the breakdown. I told you Blago Ivanov does fucking not get knocked out ever. Nope. <laughs> And he tires you out because he's got surprisingly good cardio for a fat guy who's been stabbed in the heart. <laughs> very, very, very well put. So Dan hit that. Uh, we hit Royval minus 260. Dan hit Ivanov minus 150. We both hit the main, main event, so to speak, of the early prelims. Andre Fialo knocked out Cameron Van Camp with the... I think they were just saying how... Uh, one of the answers was saying how Van Camp had to be careful and he got himself knocked out 235 into the fight. Yeah, I mean, like, it's exactly, uh, you know, let's let's keep tooting my horn since I hit a bunch in a row <laughs> yep. here. Uh, Fialho hits so fucking hard. And I said, Van Camp, he slugs. He, he throws bombs once in a while. But, like, mostly he wants to grapple with you. Fialho was a guy he was never going to be able to grapple with. And he just tempted fate too many times, throwing big, loopy shots. Like, he'd hit him with a good technical shot. And then get excited and just throw like a bunch of wild shit. And that's why he got caught. So, yeah, I, I'm Fialo looked like I expected him to look. Uh, he also bagged himself a KO of the night or a yep. performance of the night bonus along with uh, Chandler. So uh, good on him. Good win for him. And I heard he's already got a fight booked. Yes, apparently they haven't said who, right? Um, There's some rumors out there, but nothing solidified yet. No. Okay. Dan does not want to give out uh, the rumors. So uh, we we got the next one wrong. This one hurt because I like Melissa Gatto. I, I still think she's she's good and she's going to be good. But she lost to Tracy Cortez. Tracy Cortez apparently is a much stronger grappler, wrestler, physically stronger and better than, than we gave her credit for. She won the United position 29-28 across the boards. Do you think it's that she's physically stronger than we gave her credit for or counterpoint? Do you think it's Melissa Gatto was too complacent to be on her back and look for subs? Yeah, could be. Because I think if yeah, Gatto did just, I think if Gatto just decided I'm not going to be here on my back and I'm going to get back up, she was winning the striking, right? Like I, I thought she, I thought she was a better striker than Tracy Cortez. And if she just gets back up, she maybe gets on top of a couple of those uh, takedown attempts instead of just being on her back. I think it cost her the fight just being complacent and happy to grapple. So um, a little bit disappointing on my part uh, for her. But at the same time, like, yeah, Tracy Cortez did what she needed to in there. I I'm not like more sold on Tracy Cortez after that fight, though, are you? You're still not willing to give Jong's girlfriend any credit. Eh? I, I see Jong did bet her. So he, he was happy that he put money on his girlfriend. Quick, quick question. Out of the, the UFC's top 15 women in the wealth or the flyweight division would you pick tracy cortez to beat any of them probably i don't know who's in it but no all right all right i will <laughs> i will give you yeah i'll give you the last five in the uh flyweight rankings 
Cynthia Calvijo, Jessica mm. I, Casey O'Neill, Macy Barber, Aaron Blanchfield. Well, she beat me, uh, Casey O'Neill, because she's hurt. So she beat her right now. Um, <laughs> Calvillo basically is the only one that I went in eh, about. Um, the other ones, no. For yeah. Sure. So, so that's sort of maybe my Calvillo. point. It's like, like she's four and zero, and maybe could fight an uh, a, an outsized Cynthia Calvillo who really belongs down in straw weight. But apart from that, like she's not beating any of these up and comers. She's not beating an Andrea Lee or a Casey O'Neill or a Jessica I or an Aaron Blanchfield. Like I, I just nothing but about her performance made me feel like she would. Sorry, John, I tried, but Dan is not being generous at all. Not sold, not sold. <laughs> so we lost that one. We lost the next one too. Um, CJ Vergara looked very, very good against Clayton Rodriguez. Split decision again, 29, 28, 28, 29, 29, 28. Call me crazy. I definitely crazy. agreed. I, I definitely agreed with Camillo in this one. That I, I thought Rodriguez won this fight. It was it, it was it, close. I, it, I'm fine either way, but yeah. Yeah, and and I get I get why maybe they gave Vergara the the third round, but I definitely gave it to Rod Rodriguez. Um, and most of the media, <laughs> most of the media did too, and all the fan scores on MMA decisions did too. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to litigate it too much because ultimately it was a fight between two flyweights who I was really unimpressed with at the end of the day. Um, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, I, I didn't think I got this one wrong. Gumby is not impressed with your performance. Um, a performance Here's a performance sure, I was excited about. Yeah, here about. we go. <laughs> Lupi. Lupi's quickly become one of my favorites. Lupita Ganidez. Um our Canadian sister that we, we have adopted here uh, in Canada, totally destroyed Ariane Carnelosi um, with the grappling 30, 27, 30, 26, 30, 26. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll wow. say this. Sometimes Joe Rogan comes into the cage and overhypes a victory. Yeah. Um, sometimes he, he underhypes one, like, like uh, Carlos Barzas, <laughs> which is really yep. nice. Um, did you again? I, I know you don't listen to these very often, but <laughs> but did you happen to catch what he said about Lupita Godinez? No, I, I during the fight he they, he was uh, he, he and uh, Cormier were going wild over. In in the post fight, he suggested that she be in the mix for a top contender. Um, <laughs> which like no, don't give her like she's I, not I mean, even like, a mainstay in Strawweight yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean a couple like, at Strawweight first. Well, I mean, so since her debut, which she she lost kind of a weird split decision that I gave her over Jessica Penne, and I didn't think she lost. She is three and zero at straw weight since then. Yep. You know, obviously there's that weird jump up to flyweight, which it seems like she's not going to do again. But yep. wins over Silvana Juarez Gomez by armbar. She beat Loma Lukbume, who's good, and she not just beat Ariane Carnelosi. She fucked up Ariane Carnelosi. Yeah. She made her look like she's never fought MMA before. I'm not sure I'm ready to say she's like in the mix, but like, no, is it, is it crazy to say she probably should get a ranked opponent next? Uh, yeah, it's, it's not the deepest weight class. So yeah, sure. Uh, it's not like Carnelosi is a world beater. She was what two and one, I think at the end of that fight. So, but it's, it's a way she beat her. Like someone yeah. who should be, or appears to be physically stronger than her. She just manhandled her regardless. Well, of. L- let me, let me, let me throw a random ranked name at you. Would okay. you pick, would you pick Lupi Godinez to be Angela Hill? Yes. Yeah, I would too. She's ranked 13th. Yeah. 
Would yeah, you keep... It's her striking too. I, I forgot to mention her striking also. Her striking is is what she's supposed to be good at, but also apparently she has a Pan Am champion sister in wrestling. Yeah. Um, which is crazy. Uh, that they she she literally won Pan Am's while last night while Loopy was fighting. Um, yeah. but also like, how, how about this one? Would you pick her to beat Michelle Waterson? Oh yes, yes, yes. And she's top ten. So like. While originally yeah. I thought like Joe Rogan might've been being like hyperbolic <laughs> with that. Like yeah. I started looking at the rankings and I'm like, would I pick her to beat Nami Ansaroff? Y- yeah, possibly. Yeah. yeah, probably. She's seven. <laughs> like, yeah. like maybe she is in the mix. Like or, or maybe we need to look into these rankings more. We, we need I, more straw weights apparently. I mean, like uh, I'd give her a chance against Yan Xiaonan. I'd like to see her fight Mackenzie Dern. That's number four. Yeah. Like, like maybe she does belong up there. Strap the rocket to her. She's she sure is fun to watch, regardless of who she fights. Yeah, yeah that was fantastic. I, I'm sure the grappling nerd in you, Dan, loved that performance. Oh yeah, and I will also say this: if if there weren't two stunning knockouts like Fialho and and Michael Chandler, yeah. I, I'd give her a performance bonus. It was yeah. that good of a performance. It, no, this was not one of your boring grappling lie on the person or or uh, look for submissions. She was uh, active the whole time, not just looking for submissions, but but pounding uh, Cardellosi from the bottom on the bottom. Yeah, she was incredible. Yep, maybe the most impressive person uh, on the night, actually, when you think about it. Um, and then the opener, we got wrong again. Dan Journey Newson decided he actually is okay at this MMA thing, and he beat Fernie Garcia, who did not look good in his debut. 33-7, we whiffed on that one. Yeah, I will say this. You know, I, I saw a lot of people uh, talking about that Journey Newsom looked better than they thought he did, or he, he, like, bounced back, or, you know, like, pick whatever fucking verb you want there for what he did. For me, it looked like Fernie Garcia couldn't pull the trigger. It looked like he couldn't move forward. It looked like he was afraid to be first. It looked like he went in there with a game plan to counter an aggressive fighter, was met with a guy who was less aggressive and didn't know how to deal. Um, it, it looked like an octagon, uh, octagon jitters loss. Yep. No, very, very good point. Um, plus we're salty for losing that one. So we lost. The dogs were barking. Woof, 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 as one of your other co-hosts would say. Um, six dogs came through, I think, out of the 14 uh, off a uh, quick count. So um, I hit one of them and you hit one of them and that's it. So um, didn't do too good predicting the dogs last night. Yeah, no, not at all. Nope. <laughs> maybe it is time. Maybe this is finally we're going to get um, re- regressing back to the mean. because um, The favorites were, were doing um statistically better than than uh, they should have so far this year so maybe we're gonna have a, a stretch of dogs coming up uh something to keep in mind when we're making picks for for fights going forward so on the night seven to seven for me down 353 bucks so i've bled half of my the past two weeks i've shed half of my winnings for the year um so i'm down to 66 percent uh um accuracy picking every fight on the on every fight card in the UFC, I'm 122 and 62, but 66%. I'm down to $457 in profit, two and a half percent return on investment. It's it's gravy that I'm still up money at this point, picking every fight and betting the same amount on every fight. But anyhow, it's it's not nice losing two weeks in a row. Dan, a bit better, eight and six, only down 102 bucks last night. Uh, 58% on the year, 
then you're down 1800 bucks now, Dan. Good job. And that's that's not bad. Now get to the recommended place. <laughs> not bad at all. Recommended place. Let's move on to rec- as Dan says, rec- recommended place. Dan went two and two. He lost on Fernie Garcia, lost on Melissa Gatto, hit on Andre Fialo inside the distance, hit on Macy Chason. So two and two up 769. So he's hey, any profit is good profit. On the year, 52% hit rate. You're up uh, 124 bucks, nine percent of return on investment. I did a little better, three and one. Michael Chandler, I hit. I lost in Gatto. I hit OSP. I hit Fialo inside the distance. I uh, made almost 12 bucks, 11.79 on the year. Recommended place, 59%. So I'm far more effective, but I've made four dollars less than Dan. I'm only at 8.4% return on investment, but still, you're not going to sneeze at those numbers. We're we're, uh, we're giving you good return on investment for for um, for our bets. Recommended place. Um, that's for the bonuses. Brandon Royval, Matt Schnell, as Dan said, um, fight of the night. Michael Chandler, Andre Fialo, performance of the night, and then her fan bonus. Did you see who got the fan bonus? Dude, I, I was fun? hoping you. I was hoping you were going to fucking bring yep. this up. To, First to just, place. Crypto. Let's bring. Uh-huh. Let's bring more farce to to this yes. already bullshit uh, way of just like washing the fact that the UFC is making way more money off of this than the fighters are, yep. and let's pretend we're giving fighters money, and then in addition, give that fighter. The, the, give that money to a fighter who's clearly the most popular and clearly fought the worst on the whole night. Rose Namajunas got first place in the fan vote for her for, for, for her quote-unquote performance last night. She got $30,000 in cryptocurrency. Um, she probably has some conspiracy about crypto, though, and is not going to take it. Um, second place, Michael Chandler. Hey, well, that's fine. Twenty grand. Third place, Charles Oliveira. That's fine as well. Ten grand. So I guess he still qualified for that, just not for the UFC's official bonus. But yeah, I was I was flabbergasted, Dan, when I saw that um, Rose won. Uh, didn't you say you could vote before the fight even started? Or yeah, when, or maybe- once the once the fight start, you can start voting. <laughs> so like she she probably already had locked up first place before the snooze fest. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyhow, that's fine. More money to fighters is fine. Maybe maybe not to Rose necessarily, but hey, not my money, so that's fine. So put that to bed. Um, not, I want to say it wasn't a great event, but there were quite a few great things. Michael Chandler fight, um, Loopy's performance, um, Fialo's knockout. The, there, there were some highlights, but there were definitely a lot of lowlights. Um, and that's probably what the event's going to be re- remembered for, unfortunately. So, um, and other than recommended plays, it wasn't the best night for us. So put that to bed. Uh, I'll tell you about our last sponsor. We'll quickly tell you how great Dan did with PFL. Um, IP Vanish. I want my results from last night to vanish. Uh, maybe IP Vanish can help. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prime eyes. That's why I use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30 day money back guarantee. That's just like eating nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. 
Go to ipvanish.com slash SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's ipvanish.com SGP. PFL. I haven't finished watching it, but I know the results. Um, we Dan gave up picks for the welterweights. He went three and one, one eighty one thirty uh, on the year uh, on the two weeks we've done PFL. He's six and three, up twelve seventy one. Dan, what are you gonna do with that thirteen bucks? Almost. I I mean, travel. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was gonna say real estate, but yeah, travel travel works too. Um, he whiffed the one he whiffed on, uh, Brada boy Ray Cooper the third did not look good against Carlos Leal. You didn't see this fight, Dan. I only saw the first round so far. I saw a little bit of it, but I'll also just mention Ray Cooper missed weight by a lot. Oh, um, yeah, right. So, so that obviously like affects whether, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have bet on him having missed weight by six pounds. Like, that's yeah, he's probably uh, injured more than likely, you would guess. Yeah, it, it's well, a the weird top one. turtle. Uh, and he, who, he was on top turtle last week, he, he was he, on he, top he, turtle this past interesting. week. He didn't mention he didn't anything. Sound yeah. he, he didn't really sound enthusiastic. Oh, yeah. He, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. He, he did seem <laughs> to talk slower than I was ready for. I won't get exactly. to well, uh, I was thinking it was a it was, you know, laid back Hawaiian thing, but who knows? But um, yeah, who knows? <laughs> but yeah, he whiffed on that one, but he hit the rest. Uh Anthony Pettis looked very good. People forget. Um actually you didn't pick Pettis. I'm sorry. That, that was uh that was lightweight, but he looked very good regardless, grabbing the submission win. Um he he had the Red King, Roy McDonald. He also looked very good. Quickly finished off uh, Brett Cooper in the first round. Uh, submission rear naked choke. You had, what else did you have here? Dan, uh, fight fell through. Yes. The, the Swedish Denzel Washington came through, plus 120. Um, Dan hit that one. So hopefully y'all got on that one as well. And then the other fight was, you had um, the Jordanian Prince, correct? Uh, Gerard, is that his name? Gerard Al Salawi yes. beat Gleason Tebow split decision. I didn't see that fight. I mean, it was close. It, it, yeah, not much decision. to say. It, it looked like a Gleason Tebow fight. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I did see a. Um, you're talking about how weak the women's uh, lightweight. Um, fight. Did you see Larissa Pacheco her fight? Yeah, she she looked pretty good. Her opponent was like, like, oh, she's closing her eyes every time a punch gets thrown at her. That's probably not a good sign for her experience level or her, her hopes in this fight. Yeah, I, I, it, that, that just pretty much sums it up. You've got Larissa Pacheco, who's like pretty good. You know, like she was in the yep. UFC. She's pretty good. And uh, she's fighting a woman who's like afraid to get hit. Yeah, she's seven and seven and one, her opponent was, but I, I'm guessing she hasn't fought at a high level because, yeah, she seemed to be a fish out of water. So, anyhow, that's PFL for you. Um, so, no PFL. They're going dark on us, Dan. Now we're in this groove. You're, you're hitting all your picks. They're going dark for about a month. So, uh, no PFL. There's uh, that second-rate promotion, Bellator. Maybe we'll make some uh, picks next podcast for the Bellator coming up if we get some odds by Wednesday. Yeah, if they if they come at us with the odds on time so I can take a look at them, I am actually really intrigued by this main event. Um, th there's probably two fights on the whole card I care about. Uh, Logan Storley. Logan yeah. Storley versus MVP. Michael Michael Venom Page uh, is an exciting one because Page is like such a talented striker. And, and for those who don't know the name Logan Storley, he is an incredible wrestler. Um, he, he wrestled at Minnesota, which is you know, pretty damn impressive. He was a four-time All-American. And since then, his, like, 
with the exception of a split decision loss to the champ, Yaroslav Amosov, like, he hasn't lost ever. Um, he's just, like, grind- like he beat the shit out of Joaquin Buckley, like, it, who's now in the UFC and, and doing well. Yep. He beat up Neiman Gracie. Like, it, he just, he's a really talented grappler. So to f- watch him fight a striker, a lot of fun. I'm also excited for Denise Kielholtz versus Kana Wanatabi. Um, like, the, it's just, like, a fun flyweight fight with two fighters who are, you know, near the top of that division anyway. And one of them has already fought uh, Liz Carmouche, but like either of them could be potential challengers for Carmouche in the near future. Now that she is the dominant champion that she is. <laughs> Sarcasm. Um, But like also, you know, Lola Machida, Paul Daly. I like Kate Jackson. I, I think people forget that she was like kind of fun on the ultimate fighter. Yep. Yes, sir. So, you know, that's that. I don't know how we, we go hour and a half on a recap show. Damn, we were giving these people so much, so much for their money. Um, all right. So we'll be back Wednesday. Hopefully we'll give you some ultra picks. We will definitely give you all the picks for UFC and ESPN. Blakovitz versus Rakic, which is going down next Saturday from the UFC Apex. So we got Jan Blakovitz versus Alexander Rakic. Who I pronounced his name correctly that time, not the first time. Uh, Ryan Spam versus Jan Kudalaba. Um, Caitlin Chukagian versus Amanda Hibas. That'll be fun. Um, maybe not a star-studded uh, fight card, but um, some interesting stuff on here. Yeah, there's there's some ones I really love, um, and there's some head-scratchers in there. Um, and, uh, Hill, and Hill Jandy, Jandy Doba should be interesting. Yeah, and, and so should Vivian Arruyo versus uh, Andrea Lee should be yep. fun. Right. I I don't think it'll be such a fun fight, but my goodness, do I love watching Davy Grant fight? Um, that Jake Hadley, who was on Contender Series, is making his flyweight debut. That's kind of fun. I actually think the first fight of the night might be one of the more intriguing ones. Andre Petrosky, who's two and zero in the UFC since coming off the Ultimate Fighter, versus Nick Maximoff, two guys who both wrestle and grapple at a very high level. So that should be fun. That's true. Yeah, that one will be a good fight. So, hey, we'll without looking, it. without looking really quickly, because you do know yep. both of those two guys, what would you yes, imagine sir. the odds are for that fight? All right, we're talking Petrosky and Maximov. Maximov. You would Petrosky's probably more known. It should in my uh, in my head, it should be pretty close to a pick'em, but um, I'll say. Like pretty close to a pick him, but I'll say um slight lean to Petrosky. Petrosky is plus three thirty. No, what? Why? What's going and on here? Maximoff is negative four fifty. Okay, wh- what are we missing? <laughs> I I th- are we gonna make a, money off this down? I'm there's really excited a, there's, there's a fucking reason I asked you why you thought they would line it, uh, because we, I thought that sounded crazy. <laughs> are we gonna make money off this or what? I, I, I would say people I would, get in on I would, it. I would tell people to go get in on it early, but it seems to be getting wider. <laughs> okay. What's okay. Maybe, maybe like, wait like till I Wednesday said, guys. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll have to, yeah. Once I do my research into this, maybe we're missing something, but now, now that, I'm very that, intrigued, Dan. That's a big dog. <laughs> it is. Wow. Like that would be, yeah, that would be a, Okay, I, I can't make my official pick yet, but yeah, that's that makes Wednesdays a must-listen episode now, right? It, I, it always is, but it now, always it, is, def, now it definitely is. It definitely is. All right, we'll be back Wednesday. Until then, Jeff Fox, writer on Twitter for me. He is Gumby Vreeland on Twitter. The SGPN Slack is always a fun place to be, especially on Fight Night. 
but it seems like we're, we're picking up more and more people in there chatting the fights. It's not just Jong talking to himself like it has been sometimes. So jump in there. Um, lots of fun. Uh, everyone in there are good people. And uh, maybe, maybe uh, not all their betting advice is the best, but but they, they, they're well, well-intentioned people. Um, and, and sometimes I'll drop a, a fun little extra Bellator pick in there, which won uh, our, our man Jong some money. We, he hit that's on right, Tebow. He bid on Tebow Gauti uh, this yes. past weekend. So, so yes, that's right. Uh, Drendine asked for some picks, I think. Yes, another regular Drendine asked for some picks, and Dan popped in because he's a man of the people, as he says, and uh, yeah, made some money. So get in the SGPN Slack. Uh, read our stuff at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Read my MMA stuff at uh, what's it? MoneyMMA.substack.com. I will have the brand spanking new. Pick them contest for next week will be posted sometime on Monday. So at the very least, uh, get in on that and, and win yourself some stuff. I'm going to let you take us home, Dan, because I don't know what my nickname is going to be. So I'm going <laughs> to let you pick one. I'm David Gumby Freeland. He is the Cookie Monster, Jeff Fox. And <laughs> we will see you on Wednesday.